Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins, joined as always by David Lake. Got a special guest with us as well, Gabby Yerudia. Gabby, did I nail that finally? You did. You did. It took what? How long have you been employed here? Like six months now and I finally At got least. it? At least. No, that's fine, man. That's fine. Okay. It's all good. Uh, bye week for the hurricane. So we are going to just talk recruiting. Like, why not? Um, that is the bloodline of every college football program. So going to do a little deep dive on uh, Miami's recruiting class, currently ranked in the top 10 early signing period about, uh, I don't know, what three, three and a half months away. Um, so we're going to get into that, talk about some notes from the road and, and I don't know, just, just talk stars and whatnot. Uh, David, man, how you doing? Doing well, yeah. Bye week. Um, we got to talk to some freshmen today, so that was a nice little change up. As as we mentioned in the previous podcast, Miami was able to get a ton of freshmen on the field for their first experience. So check out the website in the coming days for for that content. And uh, you know, we get to sit back and enjoy a college football Saturday, um, and you know, check out Clemson, see how they look against a, a pretty good Virginia defense. So it'll be interesting. Do they have all 20 guys on the Zoom, all 20 freshmen that they made available? <laughs> I think from a PR standpoint, that could have been a good move. Uh, but no, it was just Michael Redding, uh, Corey Flagg, Xavier Restrepo, and I'm forgetting the fourth. I'm sorry. but um, who, who's, the, who's already the darling of uh, the Miami Beat? Who, well, who, who, who is Corey, there? Flagg, Corey Flagg's definitely a good interview. Like he's, you know, he, he gives some some – Good answers. He, he, you know, makes an effort to, to give good answers. And, you know, Xavier Restrepo, too, is is good at answering questions as well. Michael Redding. I mean, really, I didn't have uh, really, the other Redding, guy. That's surprising to me. Redding was not very good in person at interviews, so I found that surprising. Really? He got warmed up as it got going. Um, you know, Isaiah Dunson just needs more reps. He was the fourth guy. Uh, you know, with freshmen, it's, it's kind of a new deal speaking to the media. So it was a fun little session. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm excited to watch, you know, college football outside of just the Miami Hurricanes this weekend. Yeah, full slate. Gabby, are you going to be watching uh, Jacksonville State, Florida State? Or are you going to be on? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I don't know, man. I, I, I got to catch that one. Um, nah, I mean, we'll see, bro. I mean, I'm definitely going to be watching football. There's no shock I'm not watching football. Stress-free, just kicking back. I'm going to love it. I, I have like, I, I already looked, I get the Florida state game. I have to watch it. Like it is not a reality yeah. show to me, but I, I just need it. I need it injected into like my veins. Like I just, I got to know what's going to happen. I need to know. I, and so I will block out a short window around 4 PM. I think it's when that game kicks off, but no one really cares about that guys. Let's talk um recruiting Gabby. I know you just published on inside the U.com kind of a, State of the Union. I mean, it, that that's a good way to yeah. put it. But just kind of, uh, how many words was that thing? That was like a monster, like five thousand words on, big. yeah, on Miami recruiting. So let let's start here, guys. I guess what is everyone, um, you know, a, assessment of the class so far? And I, I can kind of lead this off. You know, we we mentioned three months to go. Miami's off to a three and zero start. Currently ranked number eight uh, in the twenty four seven Sports Composite. Twenty two kids on board. Um, with still some some fish in play and I think if we're gonna just hand out a, like a letter grade 
um, for these, for the class in, in Miami's recruiting efforts right now, I think it's like an A, like this is, this is gone good. Uh, and we've hit on it all throughout the off season. The recruiting has gone good and you really couldn't draw up a better start for Miami. I mean, they're three and O, uh, they've been in, on prime time the past two weekends and they got a quarterback and, um, they look pretty dang good. And I think that's going to go a long way with the recruiting class. So for me, uh, this just comes down to kind of maybe how they finish it out. Cause I think it's going to be pretty hard for some of these other schools to come in and poach what Miami has committed, especially when kids can't visit anywhere. Uh, and it doesn't sound like they're going to have a chance yeah. to visit anywhere until uh, January in Miami should have all the guys signed. So I think Miami's probably and Gabby, I was going to tell you this, like, I think Miami's, this is the best spot Miami has been in recruiting wise, maybe since like 2018. Yeah. yeah no. if, Go ahead. if I was going to give a grade, I'm with you, Andrew. This is a great class. It's just missing that one position, right? <laughs> and, you know, it's a big deal position. It needs a quarterback. Uh, you know, you touched on it, though. We, we talked all offseason, right, about how there needs to be patience. Uh, this offense could make a strong case to – some quarterbacks that are out there that Miami's trying to flip potentially all that good stuff. So that is playing out. Um, I still have hope that that Miami will end up with a good quarterback in this class, but still need to do it. Still need to get it done. So I would give it an a minus um, just because, I mean, you know, quarterback is the most important position in sports. You got to have a good one. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with an A, and yeah, obviously the the quarterback situation is what it is. But I mean, I just think that Miami's just done an overall just like a really good job, even finding kind of like diamond in the rough type of dudes. Like I feel like the Elijah Royo situation happened super fast, and then like you know he kind of like jumped up the rankings. You know, Charles Power in the in the piece that I wrote talked about Thomas Davis kind of being a guy that might see like a bump. So I feel like Miami did a really good job identifying some guys that you know, aren't sitting at maybe like the top, top, top of the class on the, on the composite, but, you know, we're able to identify them, kind of lock them down. And then like, you know, these are guys that are kind of getting that recognition they deserve. So um, I think that they've done a really, really good job. And <laughs> I guess it's a good time to get into it. If this is the best, the best, the best way the recruiting has been since, since 2018. So I'm definitely excited to see how this class finishes up and definitely heading on into, into next cycle. Well, I'm just saying like, this is, you know, as you, as you go on the voyage of this beat, um, you know, it's easy to cover recruiting when uh, Miami's doing good. And right now they're doing very good. So uh, people want to read yeah. everything. Uh, people want to talk about Miami, uh, but there's been some pretty low points. So that's what I'm just saying. Uh, Miami's in a very good spot for the first time. I mean, they've been in good spots, but this is probably the best it's been since like post Notre Dame in, in, in 2018. Yeah. So let me, let me take the lead here now. Because you guys have been out on the road, you know, high school football in South Florida is starting to kind of get going in terms of like private schools playing here and there. I know, Andrew, you've been to other parts of the state. You have too, Gabby, um, to see some guys play. So just want to get you guys takes on, you know, of the guys you've gone out and seen, who is, who's maybe your favorite commit that, that you've seen so far? We'll start with you, Andrew. It's got to be James Williams, man. Um, I saw him, I think it was two weeks ago, uh, American Heritage versus Shamadan Madonna Prep. So you mentioned like two private schools that have played. 
And James Williams, the five-star athlete, is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? Uh, I think he's probably a, more of a linebacker based on what I saw in that game. But um, the big question mark inside the recruiting community for the past, I don't know, really year now um, yeah. has been how physical is James Williams? Like we know he has the frame at 6'5", 220. Uh, when you show up, to a, a game like he looks like he's a defensive end he is that big uh, but a lot of people didn't know if if he's willing to hit and what I saw throughout that night is a guy um, that didn't shy away from contact that played in the box I mean American Heritage was essentially trying to stop Thad Franklin because that's how you beat Shamanan Madonna Prep and they did I mean they ended up winning seven to three but James Williams was awesome um, lined up kind of on the edge uh, primarily in the box and you know he made some hits and and to me um I think if you're Manny Diaz and Ephraim Banda and Blake Baker uh yeah you, you tell James hey man you are a safety you can play safety all you want and then when he gets to campus you're like hey how about you play striker because maybe that gets you on the field a little bit earlier but I think he's a, a guy that can do a ton of different things and uh I think he justified being ranked where he is in, in my opinion is he going to finish as a five-star I, I don't know but I do honestly think he is a top 50 talent in the country and, and he's pretty good I mean he's he's the real deal Gabby you were at that game what what impressed you most about James from what you saw yeah I mean just a lot a lot of the things that Andrew's saying I mean he, he was really physical um, that was my first time really kind of seeing him play period so I mean, other than like what I've seen just like, you know, on huddle or whatever, like just watching him be just so freakish, so like freakishly big and like long and just athletic. And then again, how physical he was. I mean, he made like, he like chased down the quarterback, like right in front of us. I think, I don't know if Andrew's standing there too, but it was right there, like right in front of my face. And I was just like, man, this kid just runs, this kid plays hard. Like, I mean, I was just really impressed with just his ability to kind of be all over the field. It seemed like he was just kind of everywhere at once and he can get any, everywhere pretty quickly. So I, I was definitely super impressed with, with him. And, you know, I left there kind of saying, I kind of told like my brother and like my boy that are both like big Canes fans. I was like, dude, James Williams is like freaky. Like I, yeah. there, there can't be a lot of guys built like this. Like, I feel like it's just one of those things that just doesn't happen. So, I mean, I was, I was definitely super impressed and definitely and you agree. You interacted with him after the game, right? Like you interviewed him or you were part of an interview and just what were the impressions you got from him about, you know, how he's embracing being a leader of the class and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, he's definitely a confident guy, you know, like there's no doubt that he, um, he definitely understands like the type of player that he is. Um, he was saying that like, oh, once I committed, like look how many other guys kind of followed followed uh, along and stuff so um he kind of understands that he's one of the leaders here in this class and then yeah, i mean he, he made another big statement too like i asked him i was like you know there's there's got to be someone that you want in this class like if there you could have one guy like who is it and you know he said that he's been texting jake garcia the quarterback out of aldosta the usc commit he's texting him every day like make the crib great make the crib great like you know he, he definitely wants him in this class so um you know he's definitely doing his part as as a leader so an ambassador of sorts and um you know, I'm sure that's that's definitely going a long way. We've already kind of seen how, how that's paid off. So, um, you know, he's definitely embracing that role for sure. So give us your guy now, not James Williams. He's off the board. Who's Which one of the commits has impressed you most from, from getting out and seeing guys in person? 
Yeah, honestly, um, the person I've been kind of impressed with, obviously James Williams would be my pick too, but just choosing someone else. I've been pretty impressed with, with Jamal Johnson. Uh, I've had the chance to see him twice. And in that Chaminade American Heritage game, you know, it really was like a defensive battle. He had like three sacks, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery. Like, you know, he did – I, I thought he was really, imp- really impressive. Honestly, to me in that game, I thought he kind of like even played better than the top 247 edge, Kenyatta Jackson. Like I thought he played a really, really good game. Um, and then just, you know, going up to Fort Myers when I was able to watch him play against Bishop Verreau, you know, like I thought he was really good in that game too. I think he moves, moves really well off the edge. I think he's very comfortable there. And uh, he seems like a guy that's, that's probably only getting better. And I think that that's a, an exciting addition for Miami in that 2022 class. So yeah, 2022 guy at a Chaminade, like you were saying, do you, do you feel like, cause correct me if I'm wrong, the, the hope is that he's going to grow into a defensive tackle, right? Do you feel like yeah. he has that body type? Oh, absolutely. I think like, you know, especially with the, with like the edge guys down here in South Florida, um, a lot of them you'll see like six, four, like two fifteen, two twenty ish. Like that's not Jamal Johnson. I would say he's, he's definitely bigger than that and probably a little shorter too. I think he has the ideal frame to, to, to move inside. And you kind of see the way Miami uses these defensive tackles. You know, these are athletic guys. These aren't like big, huge bodies that are just like, kind of just like slugging their way through the middle. Like these are athletic dudes. I think Jamal Johnson really fits in well with like just the type of, you know, what Miami's kind of done with that defensive tackle room. And so, yeah, I think that that should be a pretty smooth transition, honestly. I think it honestly benefits him now that he's kind of playing off the edge because he still kind of has that twitch. He still moves pretty quickly. And I think that should translate well into the inside. So, Andrew, you know, a lot of the off-season stuff that we typically, typically get to do in the recruiting world, like go to seven-on-seven tournaments and camps and all that stuff was shut down because of COVID. So, you know, recently this last month or so was kind of the first time you were able to get out and see guys again in person. Did it, did anything in particular like make you, uh, you know, view things in a different way in terms of like, okay, Miami got this right. Uh, you know, with, with taking these commitments or, or anything like that, you know, seeing them with, with kind of a fresh perspective. Absolutely. I mean, we have been what really flying blind, since March and I'm fortunate to have attended plenty of things uh, in the past where you have a good I guess sample size or idea of uh, kids I mean if you take the top 100 ranked kids in the state of Florida I think I've seen probably 75 of them in person in some type of setting at at some point whether they're an underclassman or or whatnot in shirts and in shorts or at at a game so I, I have a good gist but every every year. I mean, there's 25 guys or so that I haven't really seen just because of where they live or the schedule they have, or they don't do these camps or, or whatnot. And, um, I was out in, in Tampa, I think uh, on Monday, uh, I was in the area, uh, just had to help out my, my mom. So I was over there and I was able to swing by Carolwood day, which is a school where Miami holds a commitment from, um, Brandon Cleveland, a, a defensive lineman in the class of 2022. But, uh, you know, I, I thought he looked good. But why I'm bringing this up is because Carol Wood Day is also home to Michael Trigg, who is a four-star tight end, top 24-7 kid, um, a guy that I think pretty early on was had his name linked to Miami as a target and probably the top-ranked tight end in the state. So everyone thought, why is it Miami going after this kid? And you know, I had a chance to see him kind of work out and go through some drills. And I left there – and said to myself that Miami made the right decision 
taking Elijah Arroyo out of Texas. I just think Elijah Arroyo has more upside. Um, I think he's got a bigger frame um, playing a higher level of competition. Like I'm more excited about Elijah Arroyo having seen Michael Trigg uh, in person now. And I'm not saying Michael Trigg's a, a bad prospect or anything like that. I just think there's, right. you know, Miami got this one right, taking Elijah Arroyo. And, you know, I don't really know how big of much of a difference there might be or, or how big the gap is between uh, Michael Trigg and Khalil Brantley, if I'm being honest. So I think Miami has two really good tight ends. And the other thing I'll say is kind of along the same lines, uh, Chambray Jackson, he's a defensive lineman out of the Orlando area. You know, another one who's ranked high, got all these SEC offers. Uh, I had a chance to see him play and I kind of came away from there thinking that I like what Miami has committed uh, on its defensive line a lot more too. So uh, I think Miami has made some good evaluations. How have they done it? I don't really know. I mean, no one can get out on the road, but um, <laughs> it, it, there's reason to like what Miami – has committed even more based on what I've seen. Gabby, let me ask you, you, you touched on it, but you saw Malik Curtis, who is a, you know, Miami likes him as a corner, but he's kind of an athlete, plays mainly receiver in, in high school at a Fort Myers Bishop Vero high school. Um, what were your th- initial thoughts, impressions from seeing him in person? I think you've seen him twice now, right? Um, yeah. You know, what type of player is he? What's Miami getting in him? I mean, he, one thing that, like, automatically just excites is he, he's really fast. Like, you know, Bishop Road, like, they use him primarily. Like, he's obviously, like, their primary, like, go-to guy on their offense. But they also use him as a decoy so often because they know that defenses are, like, circling number eight, you know? Like, so I just think that, you know, he's – unfortunately, I feel like I haven't been able to see him make, like, a really huge, huge play only because – he's getting double teamed and like almost triple teamed every time. Like he's like, if the ball's going his way, like he has like a bunch of people on him because that's the guy that they're kind of highlighting. But I, I just think he's been just really impressive when he does get the ball in his hands. Like when he does like do kick returns, when he gets the ball in open space, I mean, he's super fast. Like the opening kickoff against Chaminade, he took it like 45 yards. And then I think it was called back a little bit because of like a holding, but like you, you really see the, like, the, like how electric he could be with the ball in his hands. And, you know, he made a play against American Heritage Del Rey the first time I saw him play. They kind of gave him, like, a sweep to the left side of the field. He got, like, almost to the pylon, like, just, like, bailed, turned the complete opposite direction and just beat everybody to the opposite side of the field. So um, I think he's I think he's really just honestly just a playmaker. You know, he's a guy that, you know, you find a way to get him on the field. You, you use him in the return game. You kind of, you know, find a, a place for him. And I think on defense, I think it'll translate really well just because, you know, he's open to the idea. He's not like, okay, I want to play offense. Like, he's like, I just want to play ball. Like, like wherever they need me, um, that's where I'm going to play. And I think I, I just I do think he has like the skill set, the the frame to kind of make that transition to cornerback. I think uh, I think that'll honestly go pretty smoothly. Probably like you know redshirt year of development certainly. But I think when it's all said and done, he'll probably be a pretty good player back there. Let me ask you just your opinion. And you know you said it like he's totally cool with playing corner. That's where Miami wants him. Um, but. You know, seeing now that we've seen this this new Rhett Lashley style of spread offense, are you intrigued? Would you be intrigued by what he might look like on the offensive side? Oh, for sure, for sure. I would definitely wonder what that would be like. 
Um, just because again, like there's so many, you can use him in so many different ways, you know, like he might not be like the sharpest route runner, but you know, like he drew two pass interferences against Chaminade, just like going on a deep ball because he, you know, he beat the defense and at the end of the day, like they weren't going to let him catch it. Like they just kind of like hit him a little bit. It just wasn't like, they weren't going to let, let him just burn everybody. Um, so I, de- it's definitely intriguing. Um, I'm curious to see if that's something that they end up doing. Um, you know, he, he's, he's okay. Like, you know, as a route runner, um, he's okay. Like catching, I mean, I've seen him drop a, a couple passes. I mean, you know, I, I don't think he's like the cleanest receiver. Like I can definitely see why Miami kind of might want him on, on the defensive side. I just think he's just so fast at a school like Burrow in like Southwest Florida. Like there's no way you can keep that guy like solely on the defensive right. side of the ball. Like you kind of need to use the speed on offense if you want to win games and take advantage of, right. of the opposition over there. So yeah, I would definitely be intrigued. Um, I think Jacoby George, Brashard Smith, and Romello Brinson are far and away better receiver prospects. Okay. But, like, the speed alone, I think, would definitely be something to to test out, I guess, just to, I guess, see what happens. Yeah, just curious on your, your opinion on that. Um, Andrew, tell us about maybe some underclassmen, some 2022s, because, um, you know, Honestly, like it's going to be hard for college college coaches to have a handle on who to go after in 2022 because things have been shut down. So tell the fans, tell the Miami fans, who are some 2022s you've seen that have intrigued you and feel like would be a good fit at Miami? Well, I mean, you're, you're right. Like not only did Miami not get a spring – I mean, every school didn't get a spring evaluation period. They also didn't get any summer camp. So there's no paradise camp. There's no Manny Diaz football camp. There's no seven-on-seven camps. There's been no chance to uh, even, you know, shake a hand with the kid. Now you can't even bring those kids to your game and, you know, right. at least size them up in the locker room. So everyone – it's, it's going to be a wild, wild cycle. Uh, it really is. I, some names um, that have stood out to me, some underclassmen, you know, there is a 2022 rankings update coming down the line. So – uh, I, I've been kind of trying to study as many of these guys in the state of Florida I can. First one is another guy from that, that Carrollwood Day School, and it's Tony Livingston. Um, he's, he's an athlete, but he's like a jumbo athlete. And I know someone on our message board is like, I've, I've never heard of a jumbo athlete, but that's legitimately what he is because he's probably 6'5", uh, 225 pounds, plays tight end and, and, and defensive end now. But I think he might be like a you know future first or second round offense alignment. If he wanted to be a tackle, super intriguing frame also can get it done at defensive tackle, but he's by far uh, one that has passed the eye test more than anyone else. And, and Miami is on him. Uh, Blake Baker does recruit Carol Wood day. So I think he's someone that as soon as the, this thing opens up, like Miami's going to go after him, but I, I feel very good about him. Uh, Ja'Cory Thomas. He's a kid out of the Orlando area, Boone high school. Um, I saw him play with that game with Sean Bray Jackson and I came away going like, this is Amari Carter uh, 2.0. Not like he got, you know, a bunch of targeting calls, but he was super physical, um, highly intelligent kid, three, five unweighted GPA. Like I literally thought I was watching Amari Carter play. Miami offered him back in January. Hasn't really been pushing, but um, it's, it's a super loaded year for safeties in the, in the, in the sunshine state, the class of 2022. And it seems like I just keep finding guys that I like, you know, more and more. So Miami's going to have options. And if you follow Miami recruiting, uh, you know, they don't really need safeties, but 
uh, there is definitely some dudes available, I think, locally uh, and when you get to other parts of the state. Last one I'll bring up, and I, I think Gabby might have mentioned him, or I know Gabby really likes this guy, but it's Marvin Jones, uh, the edge rusher out of uh, American Heritage. You know, we keep referencing that Shamanan Madonna Amer- American Heritage Plantation game, but you could honestly make the case that like Marvin Jones might have had the best grade out of anyone there. Like if we, you know, did pro football focus grades, like he probably would have graded out in the 90s that night. He had two sacks, I think two pass breakups. He was just a force off the edge. I thought he outplayed uh, Kenyatta Jackson, who was um, a, a top 247 defensive end. And he looks like a stud. Uh, someone else that Miami's in on, uh, he's the son of former FSU linebacker, Shade Tree, Marvin Shade Tree Jones. So uh, I, I think, you know, if I'm Miami, I, I don't pivot away from Kenyatta Jackson. But, man, like, I, I think Marvin Jones has a chance to be very, very good. Tell me this. Like, I mean, Marvin Shade Tree Jones, obviously, like an FSU legend. Is it a lock that, you know, Junior's going to go to FSU, in your opinion? No. <laughs> uh, I think in the middle of the Florida State-Miami game, right around when that halftime score of 38-3 uh, hit Marvin Jones Jr. tweeted out something like "Whoa" uh, in reference to kind of that performance. Um, I mean, was that you know how bad things were for Florida State or how good things were for Miami? I don't really know, but I do not in any way uh, view him as a lock. And I mean, let's be honest, David. Like, how how many of these legacies or or recruits right. have been just slam dunks in recent years? Like, I I just think you know it's not. Not, I mean, I, I don't want to say there's a trend, but uh, yeah, sure. Miami got Al Blades Jr., but they couldn't get uh, Amon Richards' brother, Mark Anthony Richards. Like, um, right. you know, last cycle, Devontae Brown didn't his dad play at Miami. Uh, look at Earl Little, who's also at um, American Heritage Plantation. Like, he likes Miami, but I don't think it's a lock at all that he ends up there. So uh, he's someone that Miami's in on and, and someone that was actually on campus uh, for that junior day back in January, which feels like it was two years ago. Gabby, you already gave us a, an underclassman with Jamal Johnson. Give us, give us one more that's, that's impressed you from what you've seen. All right. I'm going to, I have to decide between two here, but you know, okay. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the quarterback just cause you know, it's fun talking about quarterbacks. Um, you know, there's a guy out in Texas, Braden Locke, you know, he's already visited Miami. Uh, he came with his family on a fishing trip to the Keys, went by like UM's campus and all that stuff. You know, this is a kid that threw for like 4,000 yards and 52 touchdowns as a, as a sophomore. And, you know, a lot of people thought a lot of that was credit to the receiver, Jackson Smith, uh, Najibo, who's the five-star Ohio State signee that is there now. But, you know, he came out in his first game uh, as a junior and threw five touchdowns and 375 yards. So, nice. you know, like this is a kid that right last year is offered twice, you know, at SMU and again now at Miami. Uh, not the biggest guy, you know, six feet, 195. But I think that that's someone that, you know, I mean, it's intriguing to me just, you know, with Lashley's, uh, you know, t- uh, ties to to the state of Texas. And again, a guy that he's kind of like twice dished out an offer for. And, you know, he's putting up big numbers. I think, you know, by the time his senior year is up at this rate, he's going to have he's going to be a kid that's going to have well over 100 career touchdown passes and a whole mess of yards. So, um, again, you know, three star guy right now at Rockwall, Texas. Um, probably doesn't have a whole mess of offers, but I think that he could be a guy down the road that, that maybe intrigues the staff to the point that maybe like there's like a serious push here. Good stuff. Yeah, let's, let's take a quick break. And then on the other side, we'll get into who could be Miami's next commit in this 2020 class, 2021, sorry, 2021 class. 
And we'll talk more about 2021 recruiting at quarterback. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, guys, so spots, you know, this has been the case for a while, but (laughs) Miami doesn't have many spots left in this 2021 class, right? Maybe, what, three, four, depending on the situation. Um, If you guys were going to say, if you guys were going to bet, I think this guy is going to be Miami's next commitment, next guy to jump in the boat. Give me y'all's pick. Uh, Andrew. Okay. I mean, I think it's, it's Amari Daniels, um, the three-star running back out of uh, Miami Central. Uh, I was out at Miami Central's practice uh, about a week ago. Um, I was there to interview uh, Amari about the Adidas All-American game, but we started get, get, getting talking, and it seems like a commitment could come here in the next two to three weeks, and if that's the case, I think it's going to, I think Miami's going to be the pick. Um, earlier this week, I, I flipped my crystal ball off Texas A&M and, and moved it over to Miami. I, I put a low confidence score in because I haven't really heard anything that says like, this is a done deal. Um, but I think, you know, like Miami just makes too much sense what they have put uh, on, not on film, like what they've done through three games on offense, scoring over 30 points. Uh, and back-to-back-to-back weeks, um, kids are noticing that. I think Amari Daniels notices that. You know, Texas A&M is definitely involved. He's been out there multiple times, once with mom. Um, but if I had a hunch, I think it would be Amari Daniels. And I know a lot of Miami fans and, and listeners of this podcast, subscribers to InsideTheU.com, they'll tell you, well, Miami doesn't need another running back. Um, you got Rooster and Don Chaney, Thad Franklin committed. And I, I get what you're saying, but what happens – um, if Cam Harris goes pro and then one of those guys gets dinged up or, or injured. I mean, you never know what a position group room is going to look like six months from now. So I think, um, you know, take Amari Daniels, do it. And I also point out he's probably got the best mentality. I think I've heard of um, not any recruit in the class, but one of the better mentalities. I mean, I asked him, are, are you afraid of two 
uh, freshman running backs, running backs being ahead of you on the depth chart and, and another guy being in the class. He's like, when I arrived at Miami Central, um, there was seven running backs already there. Like he's not afraid of competition. And I think that plays right into what Manny Diaz has said about how he wants to build this program uh, at Miami and get guys who, uh, you know, want to be there and, and want to compete. So the quick follow-up I have for you, Andrew, with that is, you know, Thad Franklin, the current Miami running back commit has, you know, kind of made it clear he would prefer to be the only running back in, in whatever class he signs with. Would adding Amari, in your opinion, would it change anything with Thad? I mean, Thad has said in the past, like he only wants to be the only running back. Um, you know, so yeah, potentially I do think things could change, but if you're Miami, I mean, I just wouldn't be worried about that. You know, I, you know, yeah. I, that's just kind of my take. Like that is a, a good talented running back. I don't think he's as good as Don Chaney or, or Jalen Knighton. So, um, I know gotta get the guys with the right attitude. Right. Gabby, maybe your pick would have been Amari Daniels. Um, but, but who do you think might be another guy that might be the next to commit to Miami? Yeah, um, I think the Bradenton IMG Academy cor- uh, four-star cornerback, uh, Marquevious Brown, could definitely be a guy too. Um, obviously a position of need for Miami, you know, with, uh, especially after the departure of Christian Williams. Um, I think that he's a, a solid player. Andrew, I know you got a, a chance to go see him um, during that opener against Venice. Um, so I think that he could be a guy there, you know, he kind of says that all of his like five schools are even between like, I think it's Ole Miss, Arkansas, Auburn, Virginia Tech. Um, but, you know, Andrew has reported in the past that, you know, it seems like a Miami Virginia Tech battle here. Uh, I, I would assume that Miami probably has the upper hand here. Just again, just kind of being the local or at least more local school, you know, from the, uh, from the Pahokee native. So I think that that would be a big addition. I think that he's a kid that obviously there was a lot of question marks coming in just because he sat behind, uh, you know, LSU freshman Elias Ricks and Ohio State freshman legend Cavazos. But it seems like he's a guy that's kind of impressed early on this year. And uh, I think that he would be a solid addition to this class for Miami if, if he were to become the next one to commit. I'm kind of out of the loop on Brown with his recruiting details. I guess, Andrew, is there is there a timetable for him? Does he or is it just whenever? in terms of a commitment uh it's whenever I, i've heard sooner okay. rather than later but i mean okay. also i've also heard it's it's pretty hit or miss i, I mean i've had multiple people tell me it's miami virginia tech i, I talked to marquevious in person um after their opener against venice I, it was hard to get a read on him i do agree you know miami would make sense he's from pahokee um so, you know, it's him. I, I just want to know if we get to a point where Miami goes, all right, well, we're going to go look elsewhere for another corner because if, let's say, they were to beat Clemson, I mean, you're 4-0, you'd be ranked in the top five. Uh, probably when that initial college football playoff rankings come out, you'd be, uh, I, don't, I would assume, in. Uh, so, you know, you can go recruit whoever the hell you want. Um, so we'll, right. we'll, we'll see if Miami ever tries to pull off a squeeze. I mean – this staff is ten, tends to be a little bit more reserved, but they have at times kind of put some pressure on kids. So I wonder if it ever gets to that point. All right, let's get to the most fun position to talk about, uh, quarterback. And, you know, I think it's fair to say it's really status quo, right? So 
Miami's continuing to uh, develop the relationship and keep the conversation going with USC four-star commit Jake Garcia, who, you know, kind of becoming newsworthy this week because uh, he moved from California to Valdosta, Georgia, to try and play his senior season in Georgia because they're not playing this fall in California. And, you know, his family had to go through some various things to try and be eligible. Well, why don't why don't you detail those? Because I, I I was <laughs> I, I was talking to a listener of the of the podcast, a guy that goes to my gym, and he had no idea like the, the background details, and it's it's quite interesting. So I think the rough details basically are Mr. and Mrs. Garcia. So Jake's parents had a you know divorce that was agreed upon, right? Like it was planned to divorce, and and that allowed Jake and his father to move to Georgia and it allowed his father to set up residency in Georgia, I think, which is what was, what is required by the Georgia high school athletic association uh, to make it seem like a move that's on the up and up, I guess. And, you know, I guess what happened then. So all this was done. Jake was good to go. He, my understanding is he, he had been dealing with some hamstring issues. So he hadn't been playing in every game. But he was playing, like he played a game, and ESPN did a profile on him. I think both, you know, an article, and I think he was even featured uh, on Outside the Lines. On Outside the Lines, yeah. And, you know, the Garcias kind of let this plan out there. And, you know, Mr. Garcia essentially said, um, you know, the plan after this season is to you know, move back to California, I guess, and, you know, uh, I guess, marry, (laughs) become married again. (laughs) Yes, with his with his wife. So essentially, what 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 they're saying is we we had to do this whole charade uh, to be eligible to play in Georgia football. So, you know, and, and now Georgia is ruling him ineligible to play because of this ESPN story getting out there. Right. My take on it, honestly, is come on, Georgia. It's 2020. Jake Garcia just wants to play his senior season. Understand that they're not playing high school football in California. Um, I understand that it might have looked like the Garcias were thumbing their nose at the Georgia High School Athletic Association. But we need to understand it's 2020 and things are different in 2020. So I hope that this kind of gets overturned and they do allow Jake Garcia to play just because in my opinion, it's the right thing to do for the, for Jake Garcia. Uh, but we will see. So anyways, <laughs> can, can, he, can I clean up some of that a, a little bit? Yes. Okay. I, I, I talked to someone who was involved in the recruitment and basically what they said is like, first off insane that the family would do this, basically get divorced um, and then right. plan to get back together, but they did it. Uh, so everything should be legitimate. Um, there isn't, it is an appeal in place. Uh, so, you know, he could eventually play at some point. Uh, I don't really know if the ESPN story is the reason why, um, things got shut down, but I, I would think it didn't certainly help. Um, right. so I just wanted to kind of clear, clear the air on that. And I think he played, he played in the season opener for them and then sat out the next two games 
for undisclosed reasons. I mean, it's kind of, I think we know why he sat out now, but um, I guess he could still play is, is what I wanted to bring up. Yes. Yeah. It, it, he's appealing it and, you know, hopefully he's able to play. We will find out. So anyways, from a Miami perspective, I guess, Andrew, we'll start with you. I think you've reported, right, that the conversations are still ongoing. I think you even, correct me if I'm wrong, but you reported that they spoke following the Florida State game, correct? Yeah, Tell that's what we need to know. Yeah, that's what I heard. I mean, Miami, they, they want a uh, they want a quarterback. Um, you know, I can give my personal take on this whole thing. Uh, you know, I get it. You're, you're going after Jake Garcia. The tape from that first game is pretty good. I think he was like, close to 20 of 30, something like that for 334 yards, uh, two touchdowns. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I, I'm trying to remember those numbers off the top of my head, but it, it was something like that. I mean, he put up good numbers. Um, they spoke with him. I, I think there's been contact. I know Miami is talking with his dad. Um, and look, I, are, I don't think there's going to be a chance for Jake to take an official visit to Miami. I don't think – there's going to be a chance for him to come down to Coral Gables and meet face to face with Miami staff. Um, that is a bit crushing. I think if you're the hurricanes, but at the same time, you got to remember you got Jake and his father on campus twice already for uh, unofficial visits. Uh, they were on campus for a spring practice. Um, you know, last spring they returned in the summer to throw for then offensive coordinator Dan Enos. Yes, not ideal that Dan Enos was the guy, uh, but there are still a ton of pieces from that staff that are in place. I mean, David Cooney, the director of recruiting, he was still the director of recruiting when Dan Enos was here. Uh, Edwin Pata, um, you know, uh, there's other offensive assistants, Andy Vaughn, and then of course Manny Diaz. Like Manny Diaz has been recruiting Jake through, through the whole process. So I think, uh, you know, if you're Miami, you just got to keep riding this thing out and, and see where it goes. Uh, let's not forget USC has another quarterback committed in, in Miller Moss. Um, so that's that's kind of the latest. I think you keep David preaching patience on the Jake Garcia front, and now we're basically just saying keep wait lo- keep waiting even longer. Yeah. Well, I think it's gonna honestly, it's gonna go until like in okay. How long? Let's have this conversation. How long should Miami wait? Right. Um, what if it's like mid-November and there's no real movement in terms of things feeling really optimistic with with landing Jake Garcia? Gabby, do you think Miami should move on in mid-November? Or do you still, I guess, what would be your strategy come mid-November if Jake Garcia is still not in the class? I mean, I just think at a certain point, just like, you know, all the things that like you guys have been saying, like he's not going to get on campus in like before he signs, like that's not going to happen. So I feel like if by mid-November you're already getting to the point where signing days like a month away or less than a month away and Jake Garcia is still not in the class, I think like you kind of have to like read the tea leaves. Like if he hasn't decided to come in by now, like maybe this just isn't going to happen. And, and I mean, I think unless like he says, okay, I'm going to make an official, uh, an official announcement on this day you kind of have to be like, all right, we, we kind of just like, at some point you have to move on. Like you have to like, you know, if you do want to land quarterback in this class, I think at some point you just got to be like, all right, like we really got to start like weighing our other options. And I think that there's, I think that there's, um, I think that there's a couple options out there. Like, you know, you can look at a guy like, you know, Fort Pierce, John Carroll, quarterback, Jay Allen, 
And Andrew, I know that's a guy that you, that you like a lot. I think that I know he's a guy that it's, it's definitely intriguing, you know, physically as a guy, especially after watching this offense, watching the way Derek King moves in this offense and the way that Red Lash just kind of pieces this together. You can kind of look at a guy like Jay Allen, who's like, you know, kind of a dual threat guy, a guy with a baseball background, like plays baseball, primarily baseball is a Florida Gators baseball commit and potentially one of the top outfielders in this upcoming MLB draft. And, you know, you can kind of look and say like, is this kind of where we're going to turn to? And, you know, he's had a good senior year so far, you know, he's already up to like seven touchdowns or something. Well, the last two games he's combined for seven touchdowns. You know, it's, it's not a bad option. Uh, you know, definitely not the most complete prospect. He's no Jake Garcia, but I think that, um, I think that he could be a very real option if, uh, if things didn't work out between Miami and Jake Garcia. Andrew, how, what, what impression are you under in terms of how, committed Jay Allen is to football I don't know I mean from from my understanding he's got a pretty good chance of uh being drafted and drafted high I'll say this like I know I keep not pounding um the table for Jay Allen on on the message board at inside the U uh but I think what he's put on tape through three four games is, is pretty impressive um I want to kind of throw this nugget in there. Like I, Miami, I don't even know if they've watched his first few games of 2020. And, and the reason being is I think they're that invested in recruiting Jake Garcia. Um, so you can read in that into that two ways. Like uh, they think they are getting Jake Garcia or um, they're in, in kind of wait and see mode or, or it's maybe a combination of both. Um, I think, you, like I've said, you got to let it play out with Jake Allen. Uh, but let's say you get to November or December, you know, there's probably going to be um, a, a quarterback that has emerged uh, as a name no one really knew about. That seems to happen kind of every cycle. Uh, someone who puts together an excellent senior season. And if that happens, Miami's going to be very attractive, assuming they keep winning games. And even if they lose to, to Clemson, I mean, if you're sitting at nine and one, eight and two or something like that, like you're a very attractive program. So I, I don't think it's a bad strategy. Uh, you also got to remember there's going to be, well, while it might not be the biggest coaching carousel we've seen like in other cycles, but take a guy like Jeff Sims. I mean, Jeff Sims was locked in with Florida state all the way up until December. And then they make a coaching change there's a breakup with Mike Norvell coming in and then he ends up at Georgia tech. So, uh, you know, maybe that's out there and I'll just finish, you know, my last thought, I just really wouldn't be, if I was Miami, all that concerned about quarterback. I, I think Rhett Lashley has a very good pulse and, and feel of what he can get uh, when graduate transfers are become available. And look, he, he was good with Shane Bichelle. Um, he yeah. was very good or is looking to be very good with Derek King. And look, you miss or you don't get someone in 2021. I, I think they, they will get an elite arm in, in 2022. So that's just kind of my read on it uh, as we talk about this in, in late September. I'll throw this in there too. I've, I've heard lately that Miami really likes what Tyler Van Dyke is all about, right? And, and I've kind of made it clear my point, like I don't want to start a redshirt freshman or a true freshman anymore at Miami. So 2021, I would prefer to not, I would prefer it for Miami to not have to start Tyler Van Dyke. But I do know like so far what Miami has seen from him. 
they like it. They like what he's about. Let me, let's make some headlines and we'll close this out. You guys ready? Let's go. Andrew's going to hate me for this. Okay. So tell me when this, when this recruiting class is wrapped up, is Jake Garcia in it or is he not in it? And nobody can hold any of us to this. We're having fun. We're making a prediction here late September. So aggregators don't aggregate any of this <laughs> but that's a good that's andrew a good, uh i would i would lean towards lean towards uh no okay gabby yeah I, i'm i'm thinking kind of no as well i feel like maybe it sh- should have happened by now if it was going to i don't know i i would probably lean towards no as well just crushing dreams out here all right guys that was a that was a fun little that was it. Podcast. <laughs> all, are you on my take? I mean, I'm, mine's just like an opinion. I'll I thought go, you were yeah. gonna like. I thought you were gonna like roll. Th- I thought we were gonna get Terrence Lewis gonna be in the class or or. No, or, no, I was just Jake, man, just Jake. I was. Oh, like, do you want to? You want to make a Terrence Lewis prediction? Go ahead. No, 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 no. I I don't make any <laughs> prediction. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that was fun. Um, yeah. When when's the next podcast we're gonna do, Andrew? I forget. I think me, you're gonna try to do something on. Friday, I'm trying to line up okay. a, a guest to maybe talk about like Derek King in the NFL, but Bubba Bolden in the NFL, okay. and then yeah, well, you you wanted to basically do like eight podcasts next week, so there's gonna yeah, be I think <laughs> I think we should do short and sweet podcasts like Monday through Friday for Clemson week. We will see if it ends up playing out that way, but I you know I think we should have fun with the build up to this game. Um, it's gonna be a fun one. You know, check out InsideTheU.com. We appreciate everyone who uh, gives us five-star reviews on the podcast, everyone who subscribes to the website, everyone who participates in the Pick'em Dime Life Challenge. Um, are we doing that this week, even though it's a bye weekend? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I got to set the games. That's a, that's a good reminder, dude. I, I honestly don't even know what day it is. And I was like, what, what is You're good. It? It's Wednesday. You're good. We got time. So check all that stuff out. And... Uh, you know, thanks for thanks for hopping on with, with us, Gabby. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, later. Take care. Peace.